Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. I'm your host, Bill Sickens. Joining me, Bill and Gretchen, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. So 542 days, that's how long it's been today since the monsters have invaded Ukraine and as you know from the past, user-friendly is very much a supporter of getting them out and helping the people of Ukraine to deal with this assault on their freedom. And right now, a name that a lot of our listeners might know, Mark Hamill, is a program together called These Are the Drones You're Looking For. And this is a support program. And to get more information on it, I'm going to encourage everybody to check out President Zelensky's United 24 campaign. To get the link to that, go to userfriendlyshow.com or wearetechnology.com and click on the We Stand with Ukraine link. On We Are Technology, it's on the top. On User-Friendly Show, it's on the bottom. But it's there. And check it out. There's all kinds of ways that you can help, uh, get information. And you don't even have to contribute to the actual war part. Just rescue operations or check out the drones. you got to watch the video. you got to watch yes, the video gotta, with Mark Hamill. Yeah, Gretchen, thank you for the yeah, You definitely got to watch the video. It's worth, it's worth doing. So if this is a blatant attempt to get you to check out that website, it is. But go take a look. And if you need to... The heartstrings need to be pulled. Remember, most of the people there are civilians and have nothing to do with the war itself as far as combat, and they are being attacked by the Russians. Yeah, so. this is very true. This is very true. And right now, it's just uh, it's, it's just a matter of oh man. But anyway, check it out and uh, and and take a look. It's it's worth it's worth doing. Know anyone with an outdated business photo? Zing Studio Sherwood is a full service portrait studio offering headshots and portraits to the Sherwood community and beyond, specializing in bringing out the best in every subject. Zing Studio Sherwood, let's celebrate what makes you extraordinary. ZingSherwood.com So what's in the news? Traditional TV passed the point of no return as viewership hits record low. So what this is referring to is linear TV. This comes from Nielsen, the company does all the ratings and stuff. And for the first time, consumption of television, less than half is by linear model or traditional TV, which is like broadcast or cable television, that type of thing. And now the majority is on the other end of that, which is on-demand streaming. So this does make a lot of changes since linear TV is driven by advertising revenue. And with less people, there's less revenue. It's definitely going to have an effect on that end of things. So, you know, again, this is not anything that's unexpected. We've been moving in this direction for a long time. But the other side of it that is a little surprising is that the amount that it's coming up on the streaming model is not equivalent to what it's going down in people on the traditional model. And that's due to something called streaming fatigue. There are a lot of services and the prices keep going up. High Hulu yeah. and Disney Plus and Netflix. But so what people are doing, and it's called churn, is instead of buying it for the year or keeping it on an ongoing basis... If there's a show they want to watch, they'll activate it for one month, binge watch that show, and then not keep the subscription until there's something to do again. So it's definitely a change. It's giving people a little bit more control over what they view, which is nice. But you do have to be careful because you can easily spend as much on streaming as you do on traditional television if you don't watch it. Yeah. Google declares Code Red develops full AI centralized product. Okay. So um, what does this all mean? Chat GPT came out and Google went, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, came out with a chat bot called Bard. But 
for what Google's doing and all that kind of stuff, Bard was not able to compete with ChatGPT in the way that they want to be able to do that. So they're continuing to build up their product and they have a new I, I, chatbot, I guess, or AI coming out on the market this fall called Gemini, which is actually going to have a lot more features. And what is in the list of what's going to be here, and again, it's early, so I've only been able to see some of these functions, but are things like you can have an Excel spreadsheet open and, and just interact with the AI to be able to populate it, change the data, same thing on something like a Word document any of those kind of things. I'm sure this will be built into Google Workspace. And where this is coming from is Google Brain, which is their division for AI, as well as DeepMind. So, so I have a question. So with the name Gemini, are there two of them? Thank you for that, Gretchen. <laughs> I mean, that's confusing. <laughs> uh, well, I, I am now confused because I hadn't thought about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, are there twins? Or it, does it have multiple personalities? Does it switch between two polar opposites? You know? so oh, my goodness. AI like... with multiple personalities. That's just what we need. I will have to get you an answer to that okay. because I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, NASA telescope spots cosmic question mark in deep space. So that must be me going, hey, what's that? <laughs> no, you, you got to wonder if someone was looking at the Earth and just put that up, right, with all that's yeah. going on right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this was spotted by NASA's James Webb Space Telescope. They didn't take my name change from previously, so we're going to go with what they had originally, uh, which is James Webb. I don't remember what I called it, but it was something different. Um, it was John Webb or something. Anyway, I got teased a lot about that, but that's neither here nor there now. But anyway, so the new telescope, of course, has been finding just a lot of things that have never been seen before, groundbreaking stuff that's been observed, and it just continues to go on in that direction. And one item is this item that looks like a question mark. And, you know, they've they've been looking at trying to figure out what it is. There's a lot of guesses as to what this could be. The most common one is a merger of two galaxies that are interacting with their gravity. And they call the question mark part a tidal tail, which is a stream of stars and gas that have been ripped off and have been flown out into space from the galaxy. So I don't know. I think I need a faster car, but maybe we should go check it out. What do you think? Field trip? <laughs> I think we'll have to settle for pictures for now. Mm, bummer. Unless we can hitch a ride with the little gray aliens. Yeah, that would be true. Maybe we can ask, you know, for, a, I wonder if they have like an alien Uber. <laughs> I'm getting the feeling they don't. All right. Anyway, moving right along. Yep. <laughs> Blue Beetle reactions blast low expectations with resounding praise. So Blue Beetle is a superhero. It's a DC movie that's coming up. If DC actually was managed to produce a really good movie, I think that would already be a shock. Um, I know I'm going to get some pushback on that, but, and they've had some good stuff, but I don't know what it is about DC movies. DC it's just be been dark. like, yeah, yeah. So Blue Beetle, do, do either of you know what character this even is? Yep. Okay. Now, and, and, and if Jeremy had been here, he would have been totally on this because the only reason why I know about it is because of Jeremy and it caught my attention, Blue Beetle. And it's like, oh, hey. And then, and then the brain went. I don't know. So hopefully Bill Snodgrass knows more than I do. But I mean, my it first, caught my attention. Yeah. yeah, my first interaction with seeing them was uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold series that was on TV. Maybe I saw that. It was a very campy newer one. 
Um, okay. You know, like Batman was very Adam West kind of thing. Like, let's oh. go, Robin, <laughs> you know? Oh, okay. And what's um, wrong with that? Anyway, go ahead. But they brought a lot of extra characters in um, that aren't commonly seen in DC. Well, Blue Beetle is um, a lesser known one, but I guess it has something to do with uh, the usual like aliens and finding something that allows him to have powers, which is this Blue Beetle suit. I keep and... thinking I saw a cartoon or a movie, something like that. Or maybe I read a comic book that he had. So, so I'm hoping somebody will will someday um, clarify the mystery for me. But I, I remember it with a real positive feeling like, oh, that was fun. I think if I recall correctly, especially in that series, um, the Batman Brave and the Bold, he was a very um, Spider-Man character, you know, very Peter yeah. Parker of up like, hey, let's go do this, you know, very uplifting, very cheerful, very innocent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that rings a bell. And Jeremy was hardcore into Spider-Man. So if Blue Beetle was the same kind of personality, yeah, he would have liked that. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what this is. I know the, the synopsis of the story is uh, it's a super futuristic alien biotech suit of armor. I mean, you know, so that sounds pretty cool. Um, and it looks like he's blue, so that makes it even better. You know, a, a blue exoskeleton. I mean, you can't get better than that. So it's going to be interesting to get everybody's feedback on this. This opened yesterday, uh, August 18th. Uh, so we're going to have to actually go check this one out, I think, and, uh, and, and see what it is. All right, the Perseid meteor shower peaks this evening, and it's even better this year. I've been hearing a lot about this. So if you're listening to our on-air broadcast, that'll be this evening. So uh, as soon as, uh, you know, listen to the rest of the show, of course. But then after that, go check out the meteor shower. It's, uh, this is an annual thing, but this year it was looking at really ideal conditions. For one thing, the moon is uh, just a sliver right now, so there isn't going to be a lot of light. To interfere with it, you'll need to get out to a darker area, of course, outside of city lights. But um, this is cool even when it's not a great year. And this year, it's supposed to be really something amazing. So I think I might track out tonight and take a look at this uh, uh, myself. So they're saying 11 p.m. Saturday, 11 p.m. this evening. Um, I don't know what time zone this article was written in with the press release, but just tonight. And, uh, and let us know what you think. Have either of you seen this meteor shower before? Yes. And Long I'm actually thinking ago. about taking Molly and the kids out to look at it. That would be that would be really cool. I think uh, you have to let us know what you think of it next week. Mm-hmm. Cool. Alrighty, so I think let's jump into a, a Q and A. We uh, haven't done this in a while, and uh, got a lot of good questions coming in. So, um, and you know, and we really need you to keep sending this stuff because that's that's how we get it. Userfriendlyshow.com. I know I talk about this at the beginning of the second segment every week, but really just go out there and send them over and uh, let's see what we got this week. Um, go ahead and what do we have in our questions? Well, I mean, I've always liked free stuff, but apparently there's some questions here. Uh, if I get a free package from Amazon, do I need to send them back? So this is an interesting thing. This actually, I, I saw this and I'm thinking, well, okay, that's interesting. Um, started digging into it a little bit more and found out that there is a huge scam going on with this. now. According to the FTC, if you receive an unsolicited package, you actually don't have to send it back. So that's what they say about it as far as the direct answer to that question. But what is going on here is that there are a number of sellers on Amazon that 
with getting people's addresses and so much of this stuff. We're going to talk about hacking on Black Hat in the second half of the show and go into this more depth. But a lot of our personal information is out there. In fact, most of it. So some of the sellers on Amazon are getting this information and generating orders of their product and sending it to random people. And what it does is it creates a tracking number, which creates a sale, and then they can post feedback on their own product. So yes, you do get the product in the mail. Um, And again, according to the FTC, you can keep it. But that's why this is happening. And there's been some people out there that have just started receiving tons and tons of stuff. Now, one thing, if you do all of a sudden have this start happening, you do want to check your Amazon account because it may be compromised. That is very possible that they're getting to it in that way. So at the end of the day, as far as hacks and scams and that type of thing go for the in-person, this isn't as bad as some because you end up with something that, you know, you may or may not want. And uh, if you don't want it, you can just, you know, give it to charity or whatever. Yeah. How do but I get on this list? Would, uh, yeah, really. How do you, how do you compromise your own account? Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> just, so you just I know these dress that, that looks like it was made for a non-human. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, oh no, there's some weird stuff. And then feedback that's, you know, five stars and, uh, and I know this, the idea of doing that, this is kind of a new twist on it that I haven't seen before, but I know in the past there's been things and uh, for a past show a couple of years ago, I did it just to see if they would actually do it. And it was where they sent me a, a smart bulb and order it through Amazon and then they refunded the money through PayPal. So it still looked like a sale through Amazon so that feedback could be posted. So basically I got this thing for free. Um, but they got to post their own feedback. And then afterwards I contacted Amazon. And um, and that is another thing. It probably should report it because the one real negative thing that this kind of stuff creates is most of us in ordering online do rely on the feedback and ratings for various uh, products. And if those ratings are skewed or fake, which is a big problem, then you actually don't really know what you're getting. Amazon's a uh, you know a good retailer, so if there's a problem, they will make sure you get taken care of and your money gets refunded or whatever. But again, at the end of the day. It does, you, you just don't want to have fake reviews. And yeah. this kind of a thing definitely can contribute to that kind of a problem. But I have noticed one thing, and this is um, something I've come across. It used to be like something on Facebook. There was a scam, I think I mentioned years, uh, a while ago about cars. If you go on and you're looking at the reviews, especially the review for the seller, and they look generated, and if they look just off, you know, or they're mm-hmm. misspelled in the traditional spam email way, probably not a good place. Yeah. And just definitely disregard. But, you know, that's becoming an issue, too, with AI now. The fake emails are looking a lot more real. Um, yeah. But it is definitely something to, to look for those type of things. Like you say, spelling mistakes or anything that feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next question. Is it still necessary to back up my computer? Yeah, and from one standpoint, yeah. you're kind of going, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I believe do. it or not, this is actually a question that's coming in a lot because, uh, you know, our equipment now is a lot more stable uh, than it used to be. So there's less failures and that type of a thing. But boy, if it does go down, you definitely want to back up. Yeah. And so the short answer to that is yes, um, it definitely is still necessary to back up your computer. And there's a lot of different ways. And I'm going to use that as the segue into our next question. Talk about that a little bit. So what is our next question? Well, they want to know if you can make it automatic. Yeah. 
So um, we'll take that a little bit of a step further. How do you do a backup in the modern age? You know, it used to be you backed up to a CD or years ago, a floppy disk, or you had special equipment like a tape drive or something. And none of that really works anymore because the average size of media we have now will not fit, well, certainly on a floppy disk, but even CDs and DVDs and even Blu-ray discs are becoming obsolete. Most new computers don't even have the drives anymore. So you got to look at other ways to do it. And there's really two approaches that you can take to this. One is using a online backup tool. And you do have to pay a fee for this usually annually. So it's an additional expense, but it does allow you to back up to a system that keeps your information elsewhere. So if your computer's stolen or fails or you have a break-in and, you know, that type of a thing or just whatever, um, or if you leave your laptop somewhere, you'll still be able to get the files back. But the other option too, and I have adopted both because I got a little bit scolded because I wasn't doing either, um, is to use something called a network connected storage device. Now, Bill, you can talk to that a little bit more. What is what is a, this type of uh, equipment? It's basically a storage server on your own home network. Yeah. And it's just a series so of hard been, drives set up in usually a RAID configuration, occasionally hot swappable, which is, I don't want to get into that. Um, but just is a, it's, it's a generic explanation to that. Yeah. So RAID is a technique for having multiple hard drives. So if one fails, you don't lose your data. Uh, that would be a definition of that. Uh, we can go in a lot more depth on that, but that's where that comes from. And don't let the word server scare you away because these devices, you can buy them off Amazon, you set them up and they're pretty automatic. Uh, it's not like a server in the sense that you have to go to a class to learn how to work it and it's some huge thing. Yeah, and they're the size of a toaster. Yeah, about, about. And uh, so mine, I did three seven terabyte drives in a RAID configuration. So you lose one drive's capacity for the backup of the backup. So I've got 14 terabytes of space and I haven't filled it up yet, but I've only had it a week. 14 terabytes <laughs> is a lot of data at this point. And I know in the future, that's going to be nothing. Yeah, it'll, it'll, you know, turn into that. But for the, for the moment, it works. <laughs> talking I, storage I use a portable sizes. hard drive. That's what I use. <laughs> yep. You that's another hear method something? to do it. Hmm, yeah. Do you know why CDs have 74 minutes worth of music capacity? I think I know the answer to that, but go ahead and tell us. It was because they had to fix the Ninth Symphony of Beethoven on it. That was the entire reasoning, was it had to be able to hold the entire Ninth (laughs) Symphony, which is just about 74 minutes. (laughs) So that's defined a standard for media that's been around for years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you. All right. So automatic. And, and Gretchen, you you know, and Bill are both saying you use an external hard drive. The problem with that is you have to run the backup and most of us don't. So there are ways to do this. And one of the things I'm playing around with right now on the attached storage is when I save to my local hard drive, it automatically saves it out to the attached drive. So I'll let everybody know how that goes. Um, there are services like this. And I know, Gretchen, you're feeling on it, but OneDrive does do that automatically. And there's other ones where you can sync up and have it automatically copy a file when you update it and that type of thing. I do recommend finding some kind of a solution like that because the external hard drive, if you forget to do it, it's going to be out of date and that type of thing. And the other side of it is even if you do run your backup diligently, you still probably won't have the newest version of your files. Yeah. I mean, I back up the show, which is our important one. That's on two drives. I have my artwork, which is on four, (laughs) and I have to constantly update that. Um, 
yeah, it is a trial. But I think some of the external hard drives come with software now that allows you to set up automatics. Yes, it does. Very much so. And they're called differential backups, by the way. That's the technical term for that. Cool. I think we tried to do that once for me, and um, for some reason, it just didn't want to work. I think our Wi-Fi at that time was bad. Okay, our next question. Are tankless water heaters a good investment? So, you know, it's interesting, smart home technology, and this actually is a listener question. Now, the reason that it's on here is I just upgraded my system to a tankless. So it seemed like the right time to answer this because I've kind of got some personal experience with it. And I will say one of the things our um, utility has here is you can actually go on and see how much fuel you're using, electric, gas, whatever. And I will say that the uh, energy consumption has gone down 94% since they installed the new water heater. So that is a substantial drop in consumption of energy. So, you know, from that standpoint, it is much, much more efficient than what we had before. And I will say it works just fine. You don't notice a difference, which was my concern because it's like, well, it might take a second or two longer to get hot water because it's not stored. But if it is, it's not noticeable. The other thing I like too is being that I live in a small townhouse is the unit itself is physically quite a bit smaller. So the closet that it was in, which for some reason the builders put inside on the second floor, that's a whole nother topic for if your water heater blows up, uh, you know, and the flood that would create most of the time it's in the garage. But in my case, it was really nice because it opened up all this extra space that is actually a big deal in a smaller house. So for right now, I like it. It's also a smart appliance, so I can even go to my phone and see how much energy I'm using. I don't think most people would do that, though. I guess my question is, and because I uh, love lock, we used to do a lot of that out in the middle of nowhere. There's a very high calcium deposit problem. Um, right. How do these handle that? Okay, so you do have higher maintenance. Now, on a tank, a regular tank-style water heater, you're supposed to flush them once a year. Most people don't. And that's a lot of the times why it fails. Yeah, But the tankless system's a little more necessary. So when they install it on the valve where the water goes in and the valve where the water goes out, there's actually a bypass in there that you can use for flushing the system. It's built into it. You do have to do that or it will void the warranty in a lot of cases. And in the situation of what you're talking about, like in Lovelock with the calcium, it's highly recommended that you would do something like a water softener or a piece of equipment like that in front of the water heater to prevent that from happening because it is a little bit more where it'll, it can fail if you get a bunch of, you know, crud in the machine. So you do want to watch for that. But beside that, you know, having to deal with maintenance. Now the plumbers that put mine in for me have a maintenance agreement, which was very minimal in price where they cover it and will also take care of other plumbing problems in my house for an annual fee. So that's what I did, but you can go online and get instructions and be able to flush the system yourself, but you just want to do it. And I would recommend in a higher environment, they recommend once a year. I would think, Bill, for what you're saying in a place like Love Lock, I would do it every six months. And it's not hard to do, and it's not super time-consuming. You just have to remember to do it. And once you've done it once, it's pretty straightforward and easy to be able to deal with it. Or if you're lazy like me, just have your plumber do it. But uh, either way, yeah, you, you do have to maintain it. Well, after the break, we're going to be covering Black Hat 2023. Got a lot of good interviews. Chad's going to join us. And we'll be right back after the break.
Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0, userfriendlyshow.com. Check out our website for all of our latest episodes, Tech Wednesday, our articles, and everything else that's going on. You can play past season content, and you can submit your questions, your ideas. Please keep them coming in. That's how we do our programming, and we love to hear from everybody. We've got some great questions. We just answered some of them. We're going to have some more coming up. Userfriendlyshow.com, your one-stop shop for User-Friendly 2.0. You work hard growing your business, but when it comes to marketing and branding, you simply don't have the time. You need a trusted partner to take on your advertising goals and produce results. Whatever your budget and deadlines are, Brian Kelly Digital Media is your trusted partner we are ready to make your marketing and branding goals a reality. Your time is precious, and so is your advertising budget. Get more bang for your buck with Brian Kelly Digital Media. Schedule your free consultation today at 503-474-7885. That's 503-474-7885. Joining us now, Chas Wellington from down in hot Las Vegas. How are you doing? Uh, doing good. Luckily, it's cooled off quite a bit, so we're in the low 100s. <laughs> oh, low 100s. Boy, you better get your coat out. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, it's about 895 and mostly cloudy today, so we're okay. I'd be happy with that while we're recording this, at least. We've been in the hundreds up here. It was 107 the other day. and. Just I, I don't do heat anymore. I just have figured that out. I and as you know, I used to live down there. I don't think I can handle that now. But uh, beautiful place, but it is definitely a little bit hot. But on that topic, the other hot topic is hacking. And this year, again, you got to cover Black Hat, the 2023 show down there. So uh, tell us what uh, you know. I know we've got some interviews and stuff coming up, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But what did you think of the overall show? I think the overall show this year was was much uh, calmer. I think there was a lot more information that could be given by uh, a more more diverse number of companies that are up and coming. They have Startup City this year uh, that has nothing but startups in the areas of the booths. And it was good to get a lot of different perspectives from those companies rather than larger ones. So, yeah, it was good. Well, you know, the innovation and the new ideas, a lot of times that does come very much from your startups. So having that as a part of it, I think is really important. I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, hacking has been the big deal and it continues to be. And with some of what's going on in the world, it's probably going to even get worse. Do you see if for you, because you've been to this for several years now, do you think they're trying to take it more seriously? Is there a difference in focus? Is it, is, I know you said the show was calmer, but do you think there's an urgency with the topic? Yes. And I think that's what drives at home is they, they see the urgency and, and, the which hasn't changed the everyday challenges in cybersecurity, trying to be one step ahead, which you're always two steps behind. And a, a lot of the topic was what's more important, finding or fixing. And a lot of the companies are, are focusing more on the fixing rather than the finding. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. I think my attitude would be blocking. <laughs> well, blocking, if you could. You yeah. know, but no. But I, I hear you. It's, you know, it's gotten to a point now where there's been so many hacks that we used to always talk about, okay, this or that got hacked. If you have an account there, change your password. But, you know, it's well beyond that. Our personal information's out there. It just is at this point. 
were they in, in any way focused on that kind of a thing, or was it just all about securing systems? It was all about securing systems and how AI is now playing a, a part in that. That's just every other demonstration was AI, and, and it's not surprising. But yes, they're they're focused more on that than anything else, and that's the urgency. So what does AI have to do with security? And I, I know you're not going to drill down into that, but just 10,000 foot view, what were they talking about with that? Uh, well, you know, you, AI is actually teaching the machine to look for something. So artificial intelligence would simply do that at a more efficient rate and at a more detailed manner than a human could find the information, therefore finding the problem and therefore being able to fix it. So that's 10,000 10, foot view. Okay. All right, that makes sense. And it seems like that could work from both standpoints, because I think you could also use AI for the other side of that, too. And that's finding vulnerabilities and getting into systems, you know. So it's like yes. this whole new layer. Yes, absolutely. Python scripts and AI is a perfect combination. So I know Gretchen was a little surprised when she found out it took me about two seconds to hack her television the other day. <laughs> no, I wasn't surprised. <laughs> One thing that I looked for was something called Dolphin. I don't know if you've seen this this particular device, but uh, yep. it, it's a device that you can pretty much do anything with. And um, it's so small, uh, smaller than a remote for your TV. Uh, I did not see that anywhere on the floor this year, and I was quite surprised. I think that's because of legal reasons. Yes. Yeah, probably. I mean, I know they took them off Amazon. You can still get them, I think. But uh, oh, those devices. Yeah, those devices. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't well, know. As we head down the road of technology, maybe just get an implant so you can hack. It'll be faster. and You don't have to get it off Amazon. Right. So yeah. anyway. All right. So your first interview is a company called Verity. Am I saying that right? Yes, you are. Yes. OK, cool. And, uh, you know, in fact, I'm not even going to try to sum it up. Let's just go ahead and dive into it. So let's go to your first interview. Yes, Bill, we're here at Black Hat 2023, Las Vegas, Nevada, the sports and entertainment capital of the world. They just opened the business hall doors, and I'm here with Oren Corin, Chief Product Officer for Verity. He's going to tell us about his company and about his product. Thank you, Chaz. So about Verity. Um, Verity goal is pretty simple and the statement is pretty simple. Any organization bought well. You have an amazing security controls, you have a firewall, you have an EDR, an EPP, a WAF, any kind of those, and they are amazing. But if they are amazing and you have all of those, how come you are still being breached? And the root cause in most cases is not because you haven't bought the right product. It's because the misconfiguration in the product itself that allowed the attacker to go in in any kind of a way. So Verity mission is to do two things. One, to verify the security controls and to improve the security using the current security investment. Let's use all the features that you have in your current security stack. Uh, it's an equal to let's reduce the risk of the organization. But the unique part, that's the AI part, let's do that without impacting the business. What if I can enable all of the signatures on your EDR, on your WAF, on your firewall, everything that you have, but I will verify it will not take down any service, server, application, or a host, or even a Zoom session that will be turned off in the middle because of a misleading signature or a false positive. So we maximize the security of the organization using the security controls because of all the misconfigurations, but we verify that it doesn't impact the business itself. When was your company founded? 
We founded it in Tel Aviv two and a half, three years ago. Uh, we had multiple uh, branding fund um, from major um, VCs in the globe. Uh, the top is Insights Partners from the US. And now I am based in the US with some of the team members. Uh, of course, the main headquarters in Tel Aviv. Uh, and we are just running very, very fast with all of our customers and potential leads. All right, well, you want to give the listeners a website? Yeah, so I think when you go to the website that is Verity, V-E-R-I-T-I dot A-I, one of the first thing you will want to look at is uh, a free security assessment. One of the things that we've learned is that you just need to know you have a problem. And if we'll be able to show you that without any payment, of course, just to tell you the problems that you have, that it will be beneficial for you. So I will advise you to just to go to our website, Verity, V-E-R-I-T-I dot A-I, and just tell us that you want a security assessment just for free. Perfect. All right, Oren, thanks for your time, and you have a great time at Black Hat 2023. Thank you very much, Chaz. Thank you. You know, Chaz, it must have been fun actually meeting with these people live. It was, and you know, it was um, a lot of information to take in at once because of their increased capabilities of handling this kind of stuff, and uh, they were uh, great companies, great people, very polite. And it was just a, a great time. So your next interview is a company called Try Hack Me, and that name almost sounds like a taunt. <laughs> yes, Try Hack Me, but it's a great tool. And I, as I say in the interview, if you're a veteran and you're looking for, or anyone, and you're looking for cybersecurity knowledge to get a job, Try Hack Me is the way to go. Yeah, and you know, and that's actually a very good point. Before we go to your interview here, is that. This is an area that if you're looking to get into information technology, cybersecurity is a major growth area right now for obvious reasons. So it does make absolute sense to have a focus on that. All right, let's go ahead and go back to the floor with your interview with TriHackMe. Hi, yes, Bill. Uh, back at the floor, the business hall, Black Hat 2023. Uh, having a great time here. It's just as great as it was every year, and uh, the floor is amazing. I'm here with Ashu Savani. He is a co-founder of TriHackMe, and I have to say I have nothing but great things to say about TriHackMe. I've used the product. It's amazing, and I want to get the word out to the public about TriHackMe. And he's going to tell us a little bit about the company and the product. Thanks so much, Charles. Very grateful that, that you're giving me this opportunity to talk about TrackMe. So TrackMe is a cybersecurity training company, and we want to make it as easy as possible for people who are interested in cybersecurity to learn the skills required to get a career for it. And what this means for us, right, is that, you know, security school, you know it, Charles, you've been doing it. We know it, right? We're, we're big fans of cybersecurity, but not everyone out there knows it, right? People think that security is meant for people with hoodies sitting in their basements just typing away at their computers. Right, and we really want to show them that given time, given practice, that you can come onto platforms like TriHackMe and you can actually get these jobs in security. It is not rocket science and it's not a distant dream, right? So, what that means for people out there is once you come on to TriHackMe with a certain amount of technical information, like primarily you need things about you know how does the internet work, how does how do computers work, and we'll help you get the skills required for jobs in cybersecurity. So, we focus on two main training areas quite broadly, right? So one is pen testing or ethical hacking. So how do you make sure that you can test whether a system is secure and, 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 and do that by pretending to be an attacker, right? Because if you can pretend to be an attacker, legitimately hack into those systems, you can fix those issues before someone else does. 
And on the flip side is we have the defensive side, right? So how do you actually how do you actually identify, detect, and respond to security threats? And, and that's that's pretty huge, right? Because if you think about companies, if you think about technology, everyone is using some level of tech these days. So it's pretty important that people know how to defend against these techs. And we want to make sure that we actually teach people very easily how to acquire these skills so and we want to make it fun right because I'm sure you know when someone actually wants to learn a topic or learn a skill um, it's very different from doing it on your free time so if you do come on to try hack me we have a lot of free content to help you get started you can pick up these skills we'll help you build that confidence level we'll show you that you know if you spend a couple of hours on it a week that job and security that you thought was difficult is not very distant or not very difficult to get and you know if you're up for it we're one of the more affordable platforms so we've said people say that you know I'm not gonna I won't go to Starbucks you know three times and I'll use that amount of money to go into cybersecurity and that value add you get for which is around 14 15 dollars a month is is pretty invaluable and pretty irreplaceable we're branching out to a lot of different areas of cybersecurity so you'll see us put out a lot more training content to help you find those broader careers in security but we also have a pretty huge community on TrackMe on Discord we have 2 million users signed up we have around 200,000 people on our Discord community so you're not on that journey alone right there's so many people like you people who've been you know music teachers English teachers construction workers who've actually used TriHackMe to get a job in security so if you think that this is impossible no one else is doing it I want to assure you that there are people out there doing it every day and you're going to be joining a community out there who's going to help you and support you I agree a whole hundred percent and uh, as an advocate for veterans uh, veteran myself I have to tell you that this program, you're a veteran, this is your way into cybersecurity to get the knowledge that you need. And I want to thank you so much for your time today, sir, and you have a great Black Hat 2023. You too, Chaz. Thank you so much. Try Hack Me sounds like an amazing company. And Chaz, you were saying, you know, veteran resources are a big deal here. And I know you have some background yourself in cybersecurity. What are some of the resources? And this, this isn't try to, trying to put you on the spot. But I know you know some of what's out there for veterans. Absolutely. There's a lot of different uh, ways to get knowledge, and you don't have to be a veteran to get them. I mean, there's Free Code Camp, uh, Try Hack Me. Uh, there is LinkedIn Learning, where it's a minimal cost, and you have 7,000 videos to choose from of different categories. But a lot of them do focus on coding and or information technology. Now, I think that's an amazing resource to be able to go out there and just grab that kind of stuff. And just really quickly, I know you you have a certificate. So you get a certificate or a certification. What did you do? For my cybersecurity knowledge? Yeah. Oh, I went through a couple of schools uh, by actual companies. Um, the most recent one, Transmosis, but I do have my Security Plus certification. Yeah, no, too cool, too cool. All right, well, let's go to your last interview, SciGen Technology, back to the floor. Hey, Bill, we're back on day two of Black Hat 2023 on the floor. A lot of exciting stuff going on just like yesterday, and it's, it's just phenomenal. This uh, convention is all in that that we've seen before. Uh, I'm here with Tom Rakoy, Chief Revenue Officer for SciGent Technology Incorporated, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his company and his product. Well, thank you for having us, Chaz. Uh, yes, Tom Rakoy here. With a company called SiteGen, we've been around for about five years, and we're all about data protection and stopping ransomware, preventing ransomware. 
We have a little bit different approach, of course, a new startup company where we are focused currently at the edge, at the endpoint, on your PC or your laptop, in the future on your mobile devices and also at your edge in the kind of the data center at the actual storage level. But what's different about us is that we do a couple different things. One is that we use MFA for file access. So everybody knows and trusts multi-factor authentication. They use it for zero trust for application access or network access or VPNs. We're the first company to say, you know what, why don't we use that for file access? Uh, if you use MFA for file access, ransomware gets prevented every single time. Data theft, malware, etc. can't authenticate as you. You are the only trusted user that can access your data. So we have that in a variety of different forms. We have it in an always on. So if you have really critical data you want to protect, you can use your MFA to protect that and always require it. We have it in some kind of a threat aware, risk based mode where you don't normally require MFA, but if there's an attack that's known on the endpoint or on the in network or whatever, you can go in there and do a shields up, which basically implements the MFA for a period of time for file access. It's different than other approaches which isolate computers and isolate workers and take them all down. It allows the workers to still stay active, still stay productive, but be able to access their files, but they're the only ones who can. The ransomware can't, the malware can't. So it starts with that, and then we go down into the storage level where we create secure vaults, which are hidden partitions that stay completely locked and inaccessible by the operating system or bad actors on a PC after you boot. Most of the computers today, when they boot, they decrypt and unlock everything on the drive, so everything's accessible to a bad actor. We say, let's do a post-boot second you know, authentication for that secure vault. So if you ever have ransomware, malware tries to access the data in that vault, it doesn't even see it. If somebody tried to wipe your drive or clone it, it stops that. Um, and it's also, the vaults are also threat aware as well, so they can be able to respond if there's ever an attack. And then the last thing that we do that's really innovative is that we've taken ransomware machine learning and embedded it into the actual storage devices. So your storage could become your first line of defense against a ransomware attack inside of your PC, later on inside of your phones, inside of your data center storage arrays. And what we do is really simple, of course, but profound at the same time, which is that we look at data access patterns and we're able to see whether or not there's a lot of read-writes in a repetitive fashion, which is what ransomware does. We see this repetitive read-write, read-write, read-writes, and we see that and we're able to delineate uh, known good read-writes, like a BitLocker, for example, versus known bad, like a Ryuk or another kind of ransomware. And then for those that are in the middle where we're not quite sure, we have a sensitivity uh, dial where you can basically determine whether or not you want to be hypersensitive to read-write patterns that you don't know about or less sensitive. We can also put it into a learning mode where we roll it out for a month, let's say, or a week, and we see kind of your users and what they're doing normally, and then we can set the, uh, the uh, false positive rate based on that. So really innovative technology, all, of course, all integrates together to give you the best solution you could possibly imagine for ransomware and prevention and data protection, but very excited to be able to share that uh, with you all there from here. All right, Tom, I appreciate your time. You have a great time at Black Hat, and we'll see you next year. Thank you. See you next year. Great, great interview, Chad. So I always put you on the spot every year. I know when you do this. What is the most unusual or most memorable thing from this year's show? The most unusual thing from this show, a lot of it was basically the same. I would have to go with the most exciting thing is that CrowdStrike has an action figure every year. <laughs> and their swag. So, you know, I, it's a different one this year and it's really cool. Uh, you can see it on the user friendly Facebook page. 
We're going to post that shortly, uh, but it's a really cool action figure. And uh, I'd have to say that's the most exciting thing of the uh, uh, of the. So event. let me ask you. Let me ask you another question. Did your name get up on the board? I did not see the board. Oh, oh. No, I, I didn't a, see. You're talking about the potato board, right? The potato board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I looked for that. I could not find the potato board. And that might well, even be that might even be in DefCon though. Which, by the way, be prepared, viewers and listeners. Uh, we'll be going to DefCon next year as well. Cool, cool. That one, I, I might try to get there again. We'll see what happens with the planes. But uh, so, for anybody that doesn't know, by the way, just what we were talking about, the potato board is a thing where uh, these kind of conferences, um, DefCon is another one where if you go in with your own equipment, it is very easy to get hacked, and there's all kinds of people trying to do all kinds of things. And if you do, you usually end up getting your name up on this giant board uh, called the potato board. So my goal was to hack the potato board, but if it's not there, that would have been a bummer. Well, I can't say it wasn't there. I mean, this they, they've grown exponentially this year with the booths, so it could have been somewhere on that floor. Cool. Well, hey, you know, have the crowds come back. Oh, definitely. I, you sh- you, I'll try to get the video sent, but you would not believe the amount of people this year. It's just massive. It's great. Uh, barely walking room, just like it was pre-pandemic. Cool. No, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. So too cool, too cool. Did you get to ride the uh, Tesla subway again? Uh, no, I did not uh, uh, park over there. I went ahead and parked uh, at Mandalay Bay this year. Okay. All right. Well, hey, uh, bummer to that. We'll have to try that out. Yeah, the, but, uh, um, the uh, Tesla is at uh, Resource World. Okay, so that's right. So for anybody that doesn't know what that is, is they have this underground subway, but it uses Tesla cars to operate. So Chaz had a chance to try that out last year, and it sounds very, very interesting. All right, just for drama, I'm going to go ahead and hack uh, Gretchen and uh, Bill's computers right now and just, uh, you know, maybe not. Uh, Yeah, that would would really annoy me. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure that it probably would. So. After going to the show, Chaz, are you going to change anything with the way you handle your online security? Oh, most definitely. There's a lot of a lot of learning that I had accomplished, and there's changes coming. That's for sure. Yeah, I I, I know. Um, you know, just in reading some things, we talked the other week that they're starting to work on doing away with CAPTCHA because of AI and some of those different techniques. And we've already been in the process of getting rid of the use of passwords and going to multi-factor authentication, but it seems like there's some other processes out there too. And I'll bet you this all ties into security in general. Yeah, I I would stick with something you have and something you know. I wouldn't do anything else. Yeah, well, I think that's good advice, at least until you know if it works, right? But, um, and I know, you know, and I know it's out there because like, uh, I, well, we've all, I've, I just had one of my business email addresses. Someone tried to hack in. They didn't get in, but it's definitely a, definitely a caution. So, Gretchen, Bill, what's your biggest worry about cybersecurity online? Is, this, is there anything you're stressing that you'd like to get more information on? Me personally, not really. I mean, I keep up to date on a lot of it. Um, but I do have a funny uh, story about that. My father, uh, there was a hack here that did the unemployment. Where a bunch of people use people's social security to get up, try and get unemployment insurance. And my dad's like, oh, how the heck did they get my social security number? How'd they get yours? And I'm just, it was that slow turn of like, really, you think nobody has that? That thing's out there for years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
But, you know, I think it is actually interesting. I don't think a lot of people realize how much information it's has actually a gotten. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. I mean, you know, and it just, uh, you, you know, there's all kinds of different things going on with that now. And I know the, this uh, move at hack that we talked about a little while ago, um, Umpqua Bank and a number of others like that. And, the uh, you, you know, DMV here in Oregon and other places, all of that information is out there now. And what's happening is because they have people's addresses, too. They're starting to actually send letters in the mail that look very real, but mm-hmm. are completely bogus. And while that does cost a little bit more, if you have that much information, it seems like they're making it it's, makes sense for them. So you, you've really got to watch everything, emails. And if you don't know where it comes from, you know, the advice of that is just don't click a link in it. And if it's something you're concerned about, get the phone number or website address of whatever company it is independently of the email. Don't use anything that's in there. But now the same thing with physical mail, too. I didn't you know, know about the physical mail. Okay, that's a heads up. Yeah, so it's just... Uh, it's just you got to watch it. And since you can't really just change a password, it is very important to be very diligent about keeping an eye on your financial accounts. And if anything strange happens, get rid of your or get rid of, get a hold of your financial institution right away. And because you do have limits on the time that you can oppose charges and all that kind of stuff. So hacking's a big deal. And until next week, this is User Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2023, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. Views expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting and technology provided by wearetechnology.com. Listen at theanswerportland.com, userfriendlyshow.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts.